Ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. This is Kings. Kings, how are you, my friend? I'm good, thank God. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to be on the show, and and yeah, I'm excited to you know spew some spew some NFT talk. <laughs> so first things first. Uh, obviously, for anybody that doesn't know you, you make a lot of NFT content. You have your own your own brand where you do a lot of that under. I wanted to start this uh, by saying, you know, the majority of major NFT projects are down 75% from the peak in USD. Maybe not Ethereum, but they're probably still down in ETH. Um, but they're down 75%-ish in USD, whether it's Board Ape Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, Doodles, you name it, right? Yeah. What is what is the state of all of these projects that have had billions of dollars put into them? And do you think that they can come out of this or is that even a thing? So funny enough, I think that this is, this is extremely healthy for the space. And the reason why is because, you know, still I'd say 95% of these projects don't offer anything, no utility. It's still speculative, even though they're down 75%. Um, and I think two things happen with this. One, people wake up and realize, um, perhaps I should invest in a company that actually has long-term potential. <laughs> um, not just because everyone thinks, oh, this is the future. Um, I think that, you know, it, it puts, it puts, it screws on, you know, the head straight on people's heads. Uh, and then in addition to that, I think that, you know, it, it makes these companies wake up and, and, you know, it puts a flame up their tuchus, sort of say, up their butt and, and work a little harder. Uh, I think that a lot of these companies were bringing in millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars even, um, without doing much beforehand. And now, you know, it's it's go time. You know, real uh, real heroes or real companies are built during bear markets. Um, and now we get to see we get to see who really is worthy because it's tough now. It's not a, it's not all shiny and and exciting. It's so I'd say that very few will come out of this. Most will fail. And this is something that, you know, I know that Gary Vee has been talking about for yep. practically a year now. I even myself, I'd say this is no surprise uh, to, to me as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the Hunger Games now. <laughs> no, it's it's a great point. It's going to be interesting to see who can actually execute now, because like you said, you know, most of these projects were doing nothing. And CryptoPunks, although they didn't promise anything, so they didn't have to do anything, they literally have done nothing except eventually, you know, sell the labs, obviously. Um, but it's true, you know, in, in the public markets, you're judged by your profits to earnings ratio and your long-term history and your dividends. And while some of those things have a comparable point in NFT world, like for example, with, with Yuga Labs, they did their, their token drop. That would be the equivalent to like a massive dividend just like on a yeah. scale that we've never seen before. And that worked out for everybody that had at that point in time. But, you know, when you have this sort of turnover of, of owners, they have to continue executing on that sort of thing. Do you think the future of NFTs, in your opinion, has a place for these big projects? Or is it more going to be the technology that, that you know, is what matters or serves people and is of value? I think it's it's a combination of both, right? You know, I think that you have to have a reason to get an airdrop. You can't just give an airdrop and hope that it goes up in value because the demand is there. Um, so, you know, there are multiple routes that an NFT company can go. I know that Yuga Labs decided to, 
to take the most risky, but also potentially the most profitable route, which is building their own metaverse. Um, and I think that that, you know, ha owning it aboard ape, you know, when, when, if the metaverse is successful, assuming it's successful, having a board ape, you're the king of the king in that metaverse, you know, you're like the elite of the metaverse. And I think that, uh, you know, a, a, an airdrop of, of mutant apes, that also is a pretty elite, you know, s situation in that metaverse. And um, the NFT aspect of the metaverse that, the meta that they're building is going to be huge, right? Just as important as the cryptocurrency, which is going to be the, you know, the, the currency that runs their economy. Um, it's really a combination of both and what's being executed, right? Um, I also think that, you know, if people can go the another route where they, they offer just an application, um, that the application is a simple application that, you know, we it's not nothing we haven't seen before. For example, I don't know, a mental health app. I'd say with, in that situation, the technology is there, but what's the point of this NFT? I'll, I mean, I could just go to an, an application that's already up and running and just pay, you know, $50 a month for their, their subscription, right? So I think that it's it's really... The NFTs, these NFT collections are going to have to offer both, but make it make sense where, you know, owning the NFT is actually, well, there, there are benefits to this. And I think that, you know, so far, the biggest things that I've seen utility so far is the B2B aspect, where if you own this NFT, you know, you'll, you'll gain full intellectual property rights and you could make money by holding this NFT. So I found that, you know, that's what interests me the most. And even if somebody, for example, did create that, to, to continue our example of the, the mental health app, Perhaps they they integrate it into their system. Okay, if you own our NFT, you will have the ability to sell memberships, ten memberships a month, and this is a way to create passive income while holding the NFT. That then you know that would serve beneficial. So it really is. I want to see. I'm curious to see the creativity, not only technologically, but what are you going to give? You know, what are you going to what are you going to give these NFT holders? You know, um, and I think these guys can get creative. It's just all about how they execute and if they're smart enough. You know. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, that's a great example. You know, the thing is, we've just never seen any company in history do anything like that, where they actually give uh, ways for the owners or holders to passively profit from, mm -hmm. you know, something like this. Again, traditionally, that's a dividend. But here, mm -hmm. that, you know, it's something that's never, it's never been done before. Um, and usually, you know, if the buyers, the people who uh, people who are buying in most projects, not all, but most, they are the end product. <laughs> mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. them purchasing, they think that there's another product, but yeah. they they are the product. Um, and that's usually, you know, it's like the the old saying: if you're if you're um, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. In NFTs, it's like it's like reversed. Um, yeah. <laughs> whereas like whereas like with a lot of stuff, you can enjoy it without owning it. You can enjoy the you can get all the benefits of the community without owning it. Oh yeah, in in Definitely. most in most cases, right? And even and even when you do, obviously, um, you know, I think the IP aspect is interesting. But if it's a ten thousand you know item project, then you're now competing with nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine other people plus the brand in trying mm -hmm. to market the intellectual property it it's like um in that situation it's a little reminiscent of like andrew tate's model um where yeah. it's like you just get all your people to post the same video of you and then they go out and try to market back to the same thing it 
it hits too many similarities on that front for me, where I think, you know, the real value is, let me use Gary as a, as a great example. He put on a conference. Uh, I was there. I spoke at it. VCon. It was freaking amazing. It was mm -hmm. amazing. And it, you know, I think those uh, tickets, which you got for free, um, from owning the series one V friend, which he made a long time before he X, it was the first large scale execution that I had ever seen where thousands of people were happy. Yeah. That was impressive. So I think that, I think that I agree. That's impressive. But at the same time, you know, I don't think that it's revolutionary and not to hit against, you know, V friends and Gary V. I think that at one point, if I'm not mistaken, V friends were selling for well over $70,000. Am I, am I, am I correct with that? I, I think around around there, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been to events like Coachella. I've been to exciting events. And I'll tell you that, you know, Coachella is a magnificent event, obviously different than Beacon, but you, know, you could pay 300 bucks to go to a mag an incredible event. Um, and I think that, you know, to to answer to your point of, of you know, you're competing with another an additional 9,999 different, you know, NFT holders, I think that, you know, it's true, but at the same time, you're at, you're at an advantage. And the reason why is because you you naturally are grabbing the world's attention just by having it as your PFP. If you're relatively smart enough, you know, in terms of marketing or communicating to the world um, and showing that you're unique, you could gain not only a following, but, you know, you could, you could stand out from the crowd with, with a single purchase. And I think that that's what really sets the board apes you know, the board of Yacht apart from anybody else is that, you know, there's, I don't know if you've seen Kingship, there's, there are bands being formed around, around just yeah. apes and regard, you know, it, it, they're taking that the individual skill set that they have, which is rapping or singing or whatever, whatever it is. And, you know, using their ape to leverage the attention right. um, that in, and, and I think that that's where, you know, that's where it really stands out. And then some people, you know, they don't necessarily have any skill set, but they'll, they always had this dream of, you know, perhaps, you know, creating a marijuana company, you know, and right. now they have the packaging that that's grabbing attention. And I think that that's really where it comes from is like, okay, so yeah, you still are, you, you're still, you're still competing with a large pool of people, but at the same time, you've, you've managed with a single purchase, you've managed to put yourself 10 steps ahead, which right. is incredible. I mean, it's, it's almost like pay to win in the real world. <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy, but, but, but yeah, that's how I, that's how I really see it in terms of IP and, and V for, you know, VCon was incredible. There's no doubt, no doubt in my mind about that. Um, but he definitely does have to, in my opinion, you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a V, a, a simple V friend or V1 will only give you three years of tickets, three years of tickets. And then, uh, you know, is it, was it, if somebody bought it at $70,000, for example, was it worth three years of tickets, you know, right. considering how, yeah. No, it's, so, it's, yeah. it's a great, it's a great point. You know, I, I think there, you know, a few things there. I agree. I think, you know, well, it's the secondary market that sets those super high prices. It is still the business's responsibility if you have royalties and if you're getting that money in to provide that level of value. So our mm -hmm. three conferences or our three conferences plus a VF2 and a VF3 plus whatever else the heck else there is, is that worth that? That's what that's his job to justify that for people. Yeah. And that's a very difficult task, but that's that's the game. On the on the board ape front, that's a very interesting point, um, and you know I, I definitely think it plays to the advantage of intelligent people more than like mm -hmm. just 
people who thought they could passively, um, mm -hmm. you know, profit off of this thing. That's a very active uh, thing. So you, it, it, it takes a lot of personal work, but it's true. I've seen the stats on Twitter. It's like people literally get more engagement when mm -hmm. they have certain profile pictures of these projects because there is an emotional attachment. Like, you know, I can use Doodles as an example. They just raised a bunch of money at a $700 million valuation. I went to their activation at South by Southwest and it was freaking amazing. And I don't own yeah. a Doodle. I've never owned a Doodle. I've never thought about buying a Doodle, but I still felt, I, you know, I went with, with my girlfriend. We had a great time. It was fun. And now I feel some sort of attachment to this brand and I don't even own one. Mm -hmm. And I think that yeah. says something because usually that's, that's not, but that means they're doing something really, really right. And yeah, everybody loves to talk about how their project's going to be the next Disney and Mickey Mouse and stuff. But like, you got to make people who don't own it feel like they care about it in some way. And I think doodles are right up there with the best examples I can think of in doing that. So the investment makes perfect sense to me. $700 million valuation is wild. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, good, good for them, man. I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out and I can definitely see you know, use cases like, like you were giving in terms of leveraging it for your already existing brand. I think the nightclub example made a lot of sense, right? So a nightclub pays, I guess now 120,000 USD for a ape. They put it on certain things and it attracts those people to that club. It prob there's probably an ROI there, a monetary ROI with very little effort because they have the pre-existing, um, you know, sort of business model set up that would, would be pretty perfect for that nft um so in a lot oh, of yeah. cases, maybe that that is a bigger part of it but um it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out but obviously you got to know you got to know yourself and have skills it seems like to make it work at this point or to justify those sorts of ip plays yeah, you definitely, I mean, there's a, there are two aspects of it, right? There, there's the business side where you, necess you don't necessarily have to become famous on Twitter or anything like that. But if you're relatively good at business, you could probably license out your ape and make some cash. But then there's the, the side of, okay, you've managed to stay anonymous, you're famous on Twitter now, and you don't show your face, but similar to a celebrity who does show their face, who would, you know, put their ape in, I mean, like their face in commercials or put their face on like a Coca-Cola bottle, for example, you could put your ape on a, um, I don't know, a vape pen, right? Like you could, right. I don't know. It, it's like, I, the way that I like to think of it is like breaking the fourth wall where you have, imagine if Peter Griffin was owned by an individual and Peter Griffin, that individual had the ability to brand Peter Griffin on different products. I think that if people as an internet character, as a, not, you know, a cartoon character, but as an internet character, can you leverage your internet virtual character and branch out with that, you know, via Twitter, via, you know, X, Y, and Z. That's impressive. You know, that's, that's really what, in my opinion, is the beginning of the metaverse is, wow, we're looking at, obviously, there's a brain, a human brain behind these celebrities or these ape characters. But what, what's interesting is that they're not, their face is not, they're not being recognized by a face. They're being recognized by a virtual ape. And they're creating a, a cartoon famous character on the internet. And that's like why I say it's like breaking the fourth wall be because of that. And I think that that's, what's really interesting. And, and that's like this new brand. It's, it's crazy. That's why, you know, you mentioned Disney, you mentioned community, you mentioned that the community is, is, is the product, right? That the people are the product. And I feel that, you know, it, it, that it's spot on because we've, we've come to a new point where brands 
allow their community to participate in a new way where they where they were never able to participate before and it's created a new type of cult you know it's it's incredible um it's it's all cult yeah just yeah um definitely yeah <laughs> uh i'm excited to see how you know a lot of these big projects play out though i'm i'm rooting for all of them like there i can't think yeah. of a big project that i'm not rooting for like i want to see them do things that haven't been done and evolve mm -hmm. What do you think the difference between an ape and somebody like Lil Michaela is, for example? Um, you know, the AI uh, per person, I guess, um, who's yeah. now taking brand deals from real creators. That's like the big headline the media is running. Paxson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, you know, uh, w w is there any difference between an NFT and her? So I'd say that the real difference between her and is that she was, you know, she was she's designed by a, a whole team. Right. And I think that um, they also took a different approach where she, you know, she exists within the real world, which is kind of unsettling to somebody. You know, um, I think that with these NFTs, I think it's it's pretty much known that they they're not supposed to ploy as a real human being. They're they, they're it's it's I mean, anyone in the right mind can know that that's fake when they see it in 3D <laughs> or when they, they know, you know. So I think that. Um, that's the difference over here is that, you know, the, the little Michaela team, they took the approach of, okay, we're going to like make a, a, an influencer who, you know, by design, uh, we're going to reap the benefits of, of what an influencer gets benefit, you know, and we're going to be able to control this, this, this girl, the way that we would want to control the perfect influencer. And I think that that it has its, it has its pros, it has its cons, obviously, um, you know, being somebody who's an influencer myself, uh, I could see why a company would want to design me they win they, they would want to design the perfect influencer you know yeah you no can't emotions. get yeah can't get canceled yeah. easy to deal with can't, can't, they get 100 oh, yeah. percent of the money yeah 100 percent of the money yeah so like but at the same time i also i don't see the value in you know the metaverse aspect of things it's like okay that's like you're you're going this this world as you're going yeah. like this real world influencer what about the idea behind you know this character potentially seeing going getting a cameo in a cartoon one day little michaela can't show up in like family guy but well, if so, she can. Not as I mean, the thing about her is that she looks, she looks, she can, but she looks relatively, she looks, she looks real, you know, like so, but, like. But but they make they have like you see like Tom Brady in Family Guy, so it would just be redesigned course. to fit the Family Guy design. Yeah, so that's that's the way that I see it. Although it wouldn't, it it wouldn't show up. It would show up almost as like a mockery rather than an actual. Probably like you know, when Tom Brady, yeah, it would show up as a mockery. In the case of, in the case of like, in the case of like a board ape, the actual voice character of that board ape or whatever it is, he could show up and you know, to the Family Guy setting, and he could, he could, like I mentioned, he, he's breaking the fourth wall. He will actually be a character in an episode. In addition, to yeah, that, he I could, that, he could be pretty unchanged too. A hundred percent unchanged, and I think that it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different strategy. Um, also way more harder to accomplish just because you need to have, you know, 3D artists doing everything, creating new clothing assets, et cetera. Whereas yeah. with the board ape, you know, it's, it's, it's an IP, an individual, it's, it's the same clothing. It's got its own look. It's not like a, it's not like this human character. It's like similar to like these cartoon characters, you know, Stewie always wears the same clothing. He's never going to change his clothing. Why? Yeah, because Spon that's SpongeBob has not changed one time in his life. No, SpongeBob has not changed. And that's a board ape. If you want a board ape, he's not going to change once in his life. You know, what I mean, that that's the whole idea. So right. she's different. It's a very different approach, you know? Yeah, it's interesting.
yeah, I'm excited to, I want to see how both play out. Um, celebrities and NFTs. It's a topic I wanted to talk about. At the beginning, you know, I guess in early 2021, not that many celebrities were in it before then. Um, and summer 2021, when everything was going crazy, everything was at an all-time high. There were I, there were articles of like hamsters that were making more money than like the S and P 500. And obviously, those those times have changed. Um, but uh, now when most celebrities are launching NFTs, it's like frowned upon and they don't sell out and people look down on it. Whereas a year ago it was celebrated that anybody wanted to do anything. What, what changed? It's a great question. I think that what really changed is the fact that, you know, the, the, the community became smarter they've come to realize that it's not necessarily about the name that comes and joins or, you know, is launching something. It's more about the, you know, these are actual tech products and uh, I don't care. You know, if you're not qualified to launch a tech product, why should I trust you? Um, Yeah. Just because you have the ability to communicate the product, like, you know, typically somebody, you know, if Kanye is doing a collaboration with, I mean, Kanye is a different plan, a different playing field, but you know, if, if a celebrity, you know, who's a YouTuber, for example, uh, Mr. Beast decides to launch a burger company, you know, obviously I could, I could imagine that Mr. Beast will have the ability to, to launch this burger, burger franchise because of his name. But at the same time, he made the, he made strategic partnerships in order to get that done. You know, he had a lot of partners in line that, you know, knew how to manufacture these burgers and he, he didn't do that all by himself. Let's just say that. And I think that a lot of these celebrities were approached by a single individual who said, Hey, I have an artist. There's so much money to be made here. They jumped the gun. They got excited. They didn't realize that actually there something needs to be promised with this. Yeah, they're supposed to, to be a real business behind each of them. Yeah, there's a business. It's not just, hey, like, we're raising money to, to sell burgers. Give us money. And then like, oh, we have all this money. Like, see you later. It's, it's, <laughs> there's actually, this is the future of business. Well, you, can, you, gotta, you gotta execute like this is the future of business and continue out, out on this business endeavor. So I think that that's, the community got smarter um you know yeah also i'll add add to with any investment if and that's what this stuff is everybody says it's art but it's not nobody nobody's buying for art this is just a flat out lie um so by default any investment that doesn't return on your investment is a failed investment Mm -hmm. and i think that is important to you know state for you know, these celebrities having not looked at it that way and having looked at it as, no. oh, these people are buying art, but that just wasn't the reality. No, I mean, it's different if you like go on, like if you create a collection, a 10K or a 5K collection, a 15K collection, then you've established yourself as a coin. It's just a smaller scale coin, right? It's like you've launched a cryptocurrency essentially, except except instead of launching a million tokens, you've launched 15,000, right? You still have to build out on the, that business, but if you launched, if you sold an NFT, a one of one NFT on like, I don't know, Foundation, for example, or, you know, Nifty Gateway or just even OpenSea, then it's pretty much established as, hey, like, I'm not expecting utility out of this thing. This is just an art piece. I bought it on my own, you know, on my own will. Probably risky. If a celebrity did, it would be a little bit stranger just because if the celebrity doesn't create artwork, it's a little right. grabby. But if it's an artist, you can't expect the artist to, you know, save the world with that sale. So I think that, yeah, yeah, it really depends, but yeah, I agree. 
I think that's a great distinction. I, I hadn't thought of it like that. It's right. If there's a one of one, I think it's common sense to not think that that is an investment and that it's more artsy. And then I think on the flip side, anybody that says it's art, but then drop 10,000 of them is flat out trying to take your money. Oh, yeah. I think that, that's good. That's good for everybody to know. Companies that have done the best in NFTs. Would you put Nike at the top of that list in terms of oh, yeah. just being smart about the space and, and well-educated and doing their work? Or is there anybody else that even comes close? Oh, yeah. And it's so funny because I remember Adidas jumped into the space with strategic partnerships with correct influencers. And, you know, they got board apes involved in everything. And I thought that they did it brilliantly. And then I realized that the behemoth Nike did it the smartest, which what did they do? They decided, hey, who's the leading metaverse clothing brand? Let's just buy them. And is that does it get any smarter than that i know it doesn't no it doesn't if you have the money why sit around and try to start from zero you've already man you've already excelled you know over the past i don't know how many years they've been around 40 45 50 plus years like you don't need to reestablish yourself as the world evolves you need you have the money buy the best company and you know, go about it that way. And I think that that's what made them. <laughs> it's so simple, but it's so ge- it's so genius. Like yeah. it's it, it, that's the fault that I, I think Adidas did is they tried to start from zero with the correct partnerships. It's like, why? You know, like, there's yeah. no need. Par- partners don't really do anything anyways with how fast the space moves. That stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. Nobody even remembers like what I, I know they did something and it like went down or whatever. But um yeah yeah i interviewed the artifact guys at at uh at vcon we, we did a panel together and those guys are brilliant i mean yeah. they're passionate about it post acquisition which you love to see um and they're just they're just thinking about everything the right way and obviously nike got takashi murakami who's probably the most famous living artist today i think that's mm-hmm. fair to say um so that's not bad uh for a clothing brand uh, and and then they also have you know all the best talent. I saw you just posted that they uh, changed the attributes on one of the uh, on one of the clone X's to LeBron James crown, LeBron James beard. So it's going to be interesting to see how they integrate their talent because they have they've got some big deals. They've got Michael Jordan in association. They've got oh yeah, you know, obviously uh, LeBron and uh, the. Uh, Kobe estate had re-signed. So they've got a they've got a lot of properties he, to play with here. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I I think that the clothing in general right now is in this strange point where I remember 2017 or, you know, even a little bit earlier, Supreme was the it clothing brand. I mean, they got purchased, you know, for well over a billion dollars, if I'm not mistaken, um, as a little skate shop out of LA. I mean, New York. And I think that what makes... What's so interesting now is that Supreme is no longer the it clothing brand. Um, you know, there's there really isn't an it, an it clothing brand right now. You know, that's killing it on the aftermarket. So, you know that that crown, that throne is up for the taking. An artifact true. has set itself up as hey, in our first one of our first clothing launches. You know, we already have like you mentioned one of the biggest artists on the planet. You know, in collaborations with us, take us seriously. <laughs> like, I think that that's what, I mean, now because of the blockchain, we have the ability to, you know, to know how much is in supply. There's no, like, it's not like I, I mean, I was in clothing before, so I know the tricks that clothing brands play. Oh, we sold out. Yeah, you sold out, but you only sold out, you know, 50. This is not that exciting. There's not that many people that, that care about this clothing brand or the mm-hmm. latter, or you sold out 10,000. This is not that rare. 
You know what I mean? Right. So I, I mean, the or, opposite MF. Yeah, yeah. Or, or major companies that, that will say there's a limited supply and then when they sell well, they'll just make more. Exactly. So that's the whole idea is like the blockchain is like, I actually know how rare this shit is. I actually, so they, I think that that's what puts Nike and Artifact in its own, like they, they won. I think that they are the, they are, in my opinion, the most ahead. I mean, obviously board apes are ahead, but they're putting all their eggs in like relatively one basket with the metaverse. Mm -hmm. These guys have already established themselves. Like we are, we're succeeding and we have a, a pave way to success right now you, also, know, like, it's just like, you know yeah I, I think two things off of that i totally agree i think the idea of buying digitally and being able to get the physical too which they're obviously doing with this new forging is freaking genius i mean mm -hmm. come on it does like even if the hat's 150 dollars, nobody's going to think about it because they think in eth and they think in nfts and 150 dollars for an nft is nothing but 150 dollars like for a hat in real life nobody thinks about Nike is super smart for being ahead of that because that's going to look really good to their investors. Um, on the metaverse point, I'm not really a believer. Like I've been playing Minecraft since I was 12 years old when the game was free. Minecraft has had a metaverse since then. Mm. Multiplayer, the whole world for $12 yeah. or for free. And the, now the concept that I'm supposed to pay, you know, $25,000 for a world in minecraft come on i mean it's ridiculous yeah. we're just changing we're just changing the words and characters and people are hype because they're financially incentivized and have the media platform to pump it up on the flip side there are things that i really do believe in in that space mm -hmm. that's just not one of them so i mean listen it's not a bad point and i think that the difference between minecraft it was it was open source you know anybody could build on it, it wasn't as exclusive as you know another side for example in addition to that you know uh, other side, from what I understand, is going to exist within one server. So, you know, they just released a video of 20,000 people. I mean, 20,000 characters in one server. Listen, which is dope. Also, it's great. It's dope. It's, I mean, the good Obje thing about it, Objectively, uh, it's awesome. But it's awesome. For the price, I don't know. Maybe. Of course. Yeah. So I think that what they're going to do naturally over time is that they're going to create this social hierarchy within the metaverse. And it's going to be, okay, you got, they're going to have to set real estate, like rules for landowners. It's going to mimic the real world. If you're a landowner, you've got to potentially, you know, do X, Y, and Z. If you're, you're you know, if you're a board ape, you're considered top of the hierarchy and you get, you're this and this and this. And then they're going to say, if you want to come perhaps play for free, you know, you're going to have limitations. You're going to have this and that. And I think that that's eventually what's going to have to happen in order to make this make sense. Cause it can't just be only the wealthy play this game. It's just not going to happen. The wealthy people are busy working. You know? Also, is it like Louis Vuitton flexing your bag or is it like owning land? Because if you own land, you can rent it out and make money mm. and build houses on it, which you can then sell for more money. Or is it like buying an expensive bag to show that you can buy an expensive bag? I don't know. I think I think that with the apes, it's like buying an expensive bag. Like, hey, I have. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah, but with the, with the land, I think that it's 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 a business investment in the sense that you can. So is the ape in a sense, but the land is more like okay, if I hire the correct people to develop a game, a video game on my land, my video game could be paintball, for example. I could create a paintballing field on my my other side land, and you know, if you play on my other side land and you guys compete, you could win. I don't know, you could win ape coin on my land. I think that that's. That's, you know, if you play your cards correctly, like we talked about, if you're a good businessman, 
you know, you could you could receive you can see some real you know return on your investment. You know, um, do you think that's realistic? Similar, yeah. Do you think yeah. the no, building yeah. things on the individual plots that's that's actually going to happen? Yeah, that's how, so. From what I understand, that's how they they see this. They they see it also happening that you know people would have individuals would have the ability to create clothing in other side. So you can create a clothing store where I am I have established myself as on this land, I have a store and we have established ourselves as the best clothing brand in other side. And you know, it wasn't even managed by by Yuga Labs. It was managed by an individual who owns land. They're receiving a cut, obviously, it's NFT land, you know, this is how NFTs work, but you it's a, that's the metaverse component. It's like, okay, everyone is in one server, there's no running away from me. You know, Minecraft is not like that. You know, people can make money, but you have to draw people to your server. Instead of your server, it's your land now, right? So it's it's got its similarities, but at the same at the same time, you know, it's it's the fact that everything is in one server, which makes it so different. Um, right. And yeah, yeah. And I mean, like live performances, for example, everyone in one server, a hundred thousand people could be in a crowd, you know, and you know, you could literally put a vest on, not a vest, a suit, a full body suit on, two, whatever, like. Uh, I was gonna say Tupac, <laughs> a Snoop Dogg, and he could be performing live in other side with oh, a crowd of a hundred thousand virtual people, who are all you know, as opposed to other video games where it was kind of just like a concept. There was like, yeah, right. it was all happening at once, but it wasn't. There are different servers. Right. I think that's what. Yeah. So I, I guess the bet there is that they are gonna be the Disney World and not like <laughs> some other park because like even Snoop Dogg, for example, he bought a bunch of land in another metaverse. He bought a bunch of in sandbox and then there's yeah. also decentraland and then there's all there's all these different metaverses so you're also betting on which is going to be the one that people care about i guess too oh yeah i think that's so that's the crazy thing about yuga labs is like decentraland is the resolution is just not no shame against decentraland but it's just not it and i think that a lot of artists try to shy away from it because they're like, my, sh my shit looks so good. I'm not going to lower, make the resolution lower right. to fit Decentraland. So I think that Decentraland has a lot to improve. In terms of technology, they're there. They just have a lot to improve. Uh, sandbox game is voxelated, you know? Like, Minecraft is one of the most popular games of all time, but it only reaches, it reaches a certain demographic. Those who want to are okay with a voxelated game, like a pixelated-looking game. And I think that mm -hmm. that, it says a lot about the sandbox. Like, some people don't want to be playing with a you know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they, they so, want they want it to look like Fortnite. Because, uh, yes. And yeah. that's what Yuga Labs is. That's what Yuga Labs is creating is, is Fortnite. Yeah, man. If they metaverse. Yeah. If it plays out the way they think it's going to play out. I mean, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. I hope yeah. I hope that it does. Um, what are what do you hope the future of NFTs is? And how does how does how do we get to the point where everybody is benefiting from NFTs. We talked about the false concept of wag me before we came on this podcast, which I totally agree with. I think it's <laughs> the most ridiculous concept because no, everybody can't win at everything. And although that was true at the very beginning because everybody was so early, over time, it proved to be damaging to many. Yeah, so I, it's a great question. And I think that the way that people can benefit from this is, well, it's it really it's it's an entirely new era where the world is now giving as human beings society we are now giving ourselves almost not fully but almost completely over to the internet and why is the you know the concept of web three how has the internet evolved you know web one 
we were only able to search, Google search things or read things on Wikipedia, you know, Web 2, social media. We were able to share things. Now it's come to the point with Web 3 where we're, we're like, okay, you know, I trust, I actually trust the inter- the computer, the internet more than I trust my bank account. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give them, I'm going to give them, that's where my money's going to go. Um, I actually have more fun in on the internet. So I'm going to devote more time there. You know, I'm going to like buy, purchase my money, things there and stuff like that, as opposed to buying physical things. So I think that the way that people can benefit from this is, you know, just understand, understanding the concept that the metaverse doesn't literally mean that the world is going to look like Ready Player One, but rather that, you know, people now trust the internet and the computer a little bit more than they should perhaps, but they trust it more than they trust individuals. And how do I leverage my personal business or how do I transform my personal business to fit that, that business model, that, that, you know, this, this shift in the world, in the world's thought, right? So, you know, perhaps it's, it's, it's recognizing that, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum is actually, it's actually not a scam and that maybe I should start accepting for my local liquor store, Bitcoin, or perhaps it's, you know, perhaps it's understanding that, you know, if I have a clothing brand that uh, maybe somebody would perhaps want it, you know, a, a digital chip, an NFC chip inside of their clothing to understand that it's authentic. If it's, if it's a certain different demographic, I think that, you know, that's how the average business owner could benefit off of this. And then just as an individual, I would say, I think at this point, you should not be neglecting cryptocurrencies. You know, it's pretty much established itself as legitimate. And if you if you're an investor and you're investing in stocks, open your eyes to crypto as well, because, you know, when the next bull run comes, it's going to, in my opinion, it's going to be gaming tokens, metaverse tokens. And you don't necessarily have to be somebody who plays video games, but why not benefit off these kids who do like to play video games? And, you know, I think that that's it's it really is is that's how I see the world benefiting of just recognizing that. the Yeah, it's swallow the pill. People are. They trust the internet more than they should, but that's just the reality of life. It's, it's where it's going, you know? I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think that's why conversations like these are, are so important because that education and base level understanding is uh, is important. I hope it's taught in schools starting now. So, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's undoubtedly the future that everybody's entering in. So why not mm-hmm. be ahead of it? I mean, you want to be ahead of oh, everything. Yeah. Well, Kings, we could talk. We could talk for hours. You'll have to come back on because I know we there's a lot more we could talk about. But thank you so much for coming on. Where where can people find you if they want to keep following? At NFT Kings uh, with a Z at all on, all on all platforms. And I hope you enjoy my content. Which if you do come across it, and Buster, I really appreciate you just having me. I think this was an awesome conversation. Very real. You know, like I mentioned, a lot of. A lot of the conversations that I previously had were very much focused on the positive. It's nice to point out the nitty gritty details of things and be like, be a little realistic sometimes, you know? So that's good. It's important. It's important. My brother, thank you. Of course. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. See you next time. Peace.